As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Understand, defend, and share your faith with confidence. This is Unapologetic from Premier Unbelievable. Hello and welcome back to the show, bringing you conversations with leaders, evangelists, pastors, thinkers, and apologists. I'm Justin Briley, helping you think through and make the case for faith in today's culture. And the podcast brought to you by Premier Unbelievable. Today is the last of my conversations with Mary Jo Sharp. After coming to faith as an adult, she had some negative experiences of church. Why did she stay and how can we help young people and new converts navigate the ups and downs of being part of the church? That's our conversation today. Thank you, by the way, to Domeeks, who uh, left a review saying, another great podcast with Justin. Unbelievable. Ask N.T. Write anything. And now this. I love listening to these podcasts. If you're anywhere on your spiritual journey or currently lack any kind of faith, these are very interesting discussions that I'd recommend to anyone. They keep you thinking and learning. Keep up the good work. Bless you. Thank you. It's uh, it's great. If you can leave us a rating and review, it helps others to discover the show. Why not go one better? You can find out more and get loads more bonus content, our regular newsletter as well, by signing up at premierunbelievable.com. You can become part of the Premier Unbelievable family by doing that. The links are with today's show. For now, enjoy my final conversation with Mary Jo. So welcome back and this is the fourth and final episode that Mary Jo Sharp is joining me on today. Mary Jo is an assistant professor of apologetics at Houston Baptist University, founder of Confident Christianity and Apologetics Ministry, author of Why I Still Believe and one of the co-creators of the new Darkroom video series. It's a video website of stories and conversations and questions very much aimed at young people, um, films with young people and uh, based on real stories um this was all came out of uh, uh surveys and questionnaires and people's stories that were sent in uh with the kinds of issues and so on and and i've really enjoyed watching some of these mary joe thank you again for them um the one we're going to look at today is on the issue of the church and uh maybe that could involve people's responses to the church people who have left the church people who have become disillusioned or disappointed with the church you you mentioned in one of the earlier episodes that you had yourself gone through that journey um so uh and and i never actually got around to, to asking you how you managed to resolve that you know because you you experienced a certain amount of pain and rejection and so on in the church um what what how in the end did you resolve that how did how did what kept you in the church in in the end in your own story mary joe i'm gonna want to use a harry potter reference <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
Oh, it's not Harry Potter. I'm so sorry for my for the fans of Harry Potter. It's the Lord of the Rings reference. Oh, um, <laughs> well, you know, J.K. Rowling was basically just doing another version of, of Yeah, there's Rings. a lot of good borrowing there. Yeah, so <laughs> it's the it's sort of Frodo's stab wound, you know, from mm. uh, the Nazgul uh, in that he never quite, it, it never goes away, um, mm. but it's it it heals. It just mm. never, it's there. So um, unlike Frodo, who's like, hey, there's nothing left here for me. <laughs> he is whisked away <laughs> to Grey Havens um, or to the Undying Lands. For me, it is a, um, it's just sort of a, a growing up and a maturing of what was it that I expected from um, the church and going back and searching my scriptures and seeing how many times the apostles did the wrong thing and failed. <laughs> and these are the guys that were closest to Jesus, right? So it was sort of a maturing in my own understanding of what I can expect from sinful, vice-ridden people who um, are on their own journey to Christlikeness. And I think what happened for me was I was, I'm an idealist um, and a little naive because of that. And so I expected to find the best people on the planet in the church. And uh, what I didn't expect was just to find people mm. <laughs> in the church. So now I have a better understanding of what I'm engaging in. And um, I'm a little more cautious about how much I share of my life and who I let into my life and how much I let them in. And I do so with more of an understanding that these people have they have vices that they're working through. So um, it's not that I don't trust people in the church, but I'm more, I would say I've, I've matured in how I do that. So yeah. I still believe in the church because, you know, God adopts us into the family and and we need each other, like God's community. Um, that's the example, the model. We need community. We need each other for accountability. I need other Christians to challenge my thinking um, and to challenge me where I may still have some... Um, emotional maturity that I need to, you know, grow in. So uh, I realize that I need the church and I look to find like-minded people who are interested in the same things um, and share whom I can share my Christian journey with. Hmm. So the, the episode we're, we're going to just be looking at is, is on the church um, and it's titled Travis doesn't feel God. Uh, I'll read out a little description here. It says Travis used to love church until he was hurt by insensitive comments made by a fellow church member. Now all he can see is a toxic culture and he's questioning whether church is for him at all. So so again, tell us a little bit about the backstory of the character that, that's profiled in this particular episode. Yeah, Travis is um, he's a kid that's gone to church his whole life. So uh, he grew up going to the church, his family. I mean, like if he had a sleepover, everybody was going to church the next day. That's just their life. That's the way it is. And he says that in his family, the things that he loves, um, that they loved was a good message and good music. So he's he's just grown up in the church. Um, and But he's noticed lately that the church's attention has been drawn to more um, of a production value than of a like really discipling him and drawing him into authentic relationship and fellowship. And that was highlighted by a very hurtful experience that he had with a fellow churchgoer where he felt like he was just brushed aside and not really his what mattered to him did not matter to mm. others like in the youth group. And so that sort of highlighted what he was going through as far as not feeling connected, not feeling the fellowship and feeling sort of marginalized 
um, in his own church. I grew up in the church, and my family always liked one thing, a good message and good music. But over the years, you know, the church I love started to change. The music turned into concerts, and the band members became celebrities. We would call it worship music, but what it had become was not. It became more about bigger and better. Lasers, balloons, and confetti. It was almost too much. I thought I would be more connected to God, but in the midst of it all, I kind of just lost my way. I don't know, that's where the church for me just, I don't know. I'm just over it. I guess different people's experiences are, are going to vary of of what happens in church. But do you do you find that among young people there is this sense of disillusionment to some extent at the kind of I don't know I guess yeah maybe more produced versions of church the the mega church model I don't know we've obviously had various issues around celebrity churches and scandals and that sort of thing in recent years. Um, do you think young, I mean, because very often, you know, churches put on the big show in order to kind of attract a younger crowd and to kind of, but I don't know, do you, do you think that, that there's also that danger that you're actually end up, um, I don't know, um, putting people off because they, they, they feel actually in the end it's, it's, it is a bit too consumeristic or something like that. Yeah. And that's when you go and look up the the studies being done on Gen Z from like Springtide Research and uh, Barna, um, you start to find those similar themes is that they, um, generally speaking, they find a bit of disillusionment with the church as it is, and that what they are looking for is real connection with other Christians. They want mentorship. They want mm. to know that they individually matter as a human being to some Christian somewhere. Like They need to see Christianity modeled. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense from my um, education background as a teacher. We used to say more is caught than taught. Mm -hmm. And that was a like a slogan for modeling what you want your students to do. And, and basically that's what Gen Z is asking for. We want the faith modeled for us. So it is really off-putting when you have um, a high production value church with these people who um, everybody knows, and then they deconvert or they um, have a huge moral failing in the public mm -hmm. eye. It, it's very off-putting to Gen Z. They don't know what, what are we doing as a church and what are we trying to accomplish if not the care for the individual uh, life of the believer. Yeah. And and ultimately, if church does become in some ways just uh, another kind of entertainment option, let's say, it, it will always struggle to compete with, you know, Netflix or the next big, you know, uh, gig, Coldplay gig or whatever. Um, and, <laughs> and you've got to hope that church isn't just another kind of option on, on that level. But the problem is that I suppose churches kind of want to you know feel like you know we're, we're we're providing this 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 great experience this you know um and and so on yeah and and i can understand you know we we want the church to to do its best you know when it comes to the production values and the way that the, the you know the, the sort of excellence maybe they put into the things they do but that shouldn't come i suppose at the expense of of as you say that the authenticity of actual real relationships and sometimes that's that's not something that a smoke machine or uh, an amazing jumbotron screen can necessarily do can it 
<laughs> yeah, and I've my husband and I have been in worship ministry, and we've seen uh, where we've put on very large productions or conferences, and then the attitude from the leadership was, "Well, what's next?" Mm. Not, "Wow, that was amazing." I'm, you know, here's the stories of the people that you impacted, and so we've seen that personally. What our character here in our <laughs> in Travis, what he's experiencing in the church is that, you know, where's the connection? to um, how God loves the individual and to growing up the individual in Christ. And what is church for? Is it just for me to come to an event that was well designed and well produced? Or is there something beyond that? And that's, he's, he's looking for something more. He's not trying to completely denigrate, mm. you know, good aesthetic mm. quality in a church, but he's saying there's got to be something else that church is about. Yeah. How, how then do we go about providing that kind of community and engagement and mentoring really that, that, that friendship? Um, and, and I think one of the challenges as I understand it as well is, is making sure that that exists cross generationally as well in churches so that, because for me, that one of the great gifts of the church is the idea that young and old can sit down and people from different walks of life can be together. And there is that danger when we start to sort of create, well, this is the youth church and this is the traditional church and this is the family church, that we, 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 we sort of actually end up working against that by kind of trying to make everyone kind of the same in, in, in one church or another, don't we? Yeah, and that sort of inadvertently gives a wrong, I don't want to say bad testimony to God, but God wants all to be saved. And so his church that like, when he sent Jesus, it's for a diverse group of people. It's for it, our church universal is supposed to be cross generational, interracial, you know, very diverse group of people that are in the church universal. And so it doesn't when we siphon ourselves off, it may not aptly reflect the reality of our God and of our church. You're listening to Unapologetic from Premier Unbelievable. What about those who, like you, have though experienced hurt um, or pain in church situations, maybe have been put off church because of that and have said, well, look, I'm if I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to be a, you know, uh, stay at home on a Sunday Christian. I'm going to do faith privately. Um, what what do you say to the person who's had some experience of a toxic church culture and said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put myself out for that kind of risk again? Yeah. So again, we have, um, and I say again, from a previous episode, we have to be very um, thoughtful and um, charitable in how we handle a person that has actually experienced a toxic environment or trauma. Because we don't want to say, well, you know, you just got to get back into fellowship because that may not be what they need at the moment. They might, in order to come back, they may need to heal for a while. You don't want them just entering back into some situation that's going to uh, provide more harm, more triggering and all of that. Um, so I, this is a tough one for me because at the same time that I do believe they do ultimately need the fellowship of the church, um, I want to be careful and not be trite in how I respond when somebody's actually experienced a toxic church, church environment. But we do all need accountability. We do need Christians in our lives to help us think through, um, you know, the hard truths of the faith and to help us m mitigate life in general. And the 
we can convince, I always like to tell people as rational beings, we can rationalize almost anything we want to be true. So that's what other believers are for is to keep us in check, right? Oh, that sounds off. That's not quite what the scripture says there. I, I don't think. Where are you getting that from? So we do need to have those other believers around us um, for the encouragement in growing in our knowledge, but also for helping us mitigate the, the issues of life that we're going to handle. We need that fellowship. So um yeah, I would say that we do as the body, you know, the Bible actually talks to us, uh, tells us about being a body and that one part of the body can't say to the other part of the body that I don't need you. We actually need you. If you're a Christian, you are the church, like you are the body of Christ. So it's not whether or not you're going to go to church, you are part of the church universal and we need you. Um, we need you for our own accountability and for helping us grow in the kingdom of God. Mm. And and when it comes to to young people and their engagement with the church, do you do you think that the church needs to change in any way in order to I, I suppose to be a place of welcome for young people where they can feel like they're actually connecting with people in a in a genuine way? They're not just coming to watch a show or or be a spectator. Yeah, I I think we it's hard. You can't get to 100% because people are always going to have vices. Um, but I do think you can, as a church leadership, like a council or elder board or whatever, you can be intentional about saying, hey, we want to be a place where people are plugged in, where they feel mentored. We want to make sure that our discipleship is has depth. Uh, and we want to have some way of saying, how do we like analyze? Are we growing as a church? Are we maturing? Um, that's hard to analyze, but I think you can start talking about and thinking about where should we be as a congregation in five years? Like what should our congregation know about their Christianity and what kinds of topics should we have explored or maybe even have we taught them the Bible? <laughs> like have we just actually taught them the Bible? Do they know the Bible in five years? Have we gone through what it says? Um, and are they, uh, maturing in that. So I think there's some things you can do intentionally as leaders in the church, um, taking on that responsibility for educating the body of Christ and then saying, how do we know what growth looks like in our own churches? Mm, absolutely. Um, in the end, do you, do you, what's your feeling for, for young people in the church? I, I mean, you've got a different situation there in the US than we have here in the UK. And um, here, I think, you know, a lot of people would just be happy if a per if a young person turned up at church at all, um, let alone whether they kind of knew their Bible very well or, or anything like that. But what's um, what's your feeling there at, at present? Do you, I mean you are seeing obviously the rise of the nuns and, and uh, among a younger generation, there's a kind of increasingly less perhaps of an expectation of going to church or an inclination to go to church. Um, do you see that trend continuing? Um, do you do you think that there is uh, you know that the, the church can do anything to kind of stop um that sort of the you know the the loss of young people in in the church and so on yeah um i think that when you when you go what is the church for when you think about what is our purpose um and you deeply think on that you know to spread the gospel to be the good news of jesus christ to um you know, baptize people into the faith and mature them into imitation of Christ. I think when you set your focus on the things that we're supposed to be doing, that actually helps younger people understand what the church is for. I think part of what they're seeing is that the church is involved in so many things that is not the gospel and is not the good news of Jesus Christ. And so they're, they're trying to say, well, what are we supposed to be doing? So I think to help our younger people come 
um, and understand what the value of church is for and to not be disillusioned is to be the kind of church that's serving its purpose as a church uh, and to very clearly make that known in the community, especially to your younger people. This is why we're coming together. This is what our mission is. And here's what we're here to do. And then actually enact that. Don't just say it. Because Gen Z doesn't want your words. They want to see it. They want to see it happening. I mean, that's every generation. But um, I think that's going to be very, very much more important with Gen Z is to what is your purpose as the church? Not just your specific church, but what is church for? And are you enacting that in your every week affairs, every day affairs? And um, can they see that? Is it demonstrable mm. to mm. them? It's been so good to spend some time with you, Mary Jo, looking at this new Darkroom Faith series. Um, we've only scratch the surface of four of these episodes and there are many more and, and more to come I believe uh, in the future as well but uh, it's a fantastic new resource uh, I can highly recommend it uh, darkroomfaith.com if you want to find out more and and I guess yeah I guess you're just hoping that um, you know many groups and individuals will pick it up use this resource and and hopefully it, it'll start those kinds of conversations that we need to be having with with young people today yeah definitely and help them um you know, we, we want to partner with you guys to help those student ministers and and uh, just anybody who has kids in this culture. We're trying to partner with you to help you have these conversations and in a way that Gen Z from their own language. So in a way that they understand and with the issues with which they struggle with. So we're really hoping people will pick this up, use it. We hope it benefits you and that you see wonderful fruit mm. from it. Well, thank you very much for all, all the evident hard work that's gone into it and to producing it. And it's, it's a really thoughtful and helpful video series. Uh, again, darkroomfaith.com if you want to go and check it out and and thank you so much for sharing a bit, a bit of your own life and journey with us here on unapologetic over the last few weeks mary joe hey thank you i appreciate the questions and uh, and sharing my story a little bit well god bless you and um, hopefully we'll we'll see you before too long <laughs> Alrighty, thank you well i've really enjoyed this set of conversations with mary joe sharp on unapologetic Links to Darkroom Faith with today's program and also to our own website, Premier Unbelievable. You can register there and get a free ebook on the case for God and loads more bonus content and regular updates. Again, that's premierunbelievable.com. Next time, a new conversation begins with the Christian atheist. Find out more next time. For now, God bless and see you then. You've been listening to Unapologetic. For more shows, resources and our newsletter, visit premierunbelievable.com.